Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Alpharetta, it's time for Profit Sense with Bill McDermott. Good morning. Welcome to Profit Sense. This podcast dives into the stories behind some of Atlanta's successful businesses and business owners and the professionals that advise them. We help local business leaders get the word out about the important work they're doing to serve their market, their community, and their profession. I'm your host, Bill McDermott, and this show is presented by The Profitability Coach. When business owners want to increase their profitability, they often don't know where to start or what to do. I leverage my knowledge and relationships from 32 years in banking to identify the hurdles getting in the way and create a plan to deliver profitability they never thought possible. We have three great guests on the show today. Uh, Amber Lawson with Aspire Construction. Amber, welcome. Good morning. We also have Ken Madrin, CEO of Permatherm. Ken, welcome to ProfitSense. Good morning. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Sanford Birdsey, CEO of Birdsey Group. Sanford, so glad you're here this morning. Thanks for having me, Bill. Appreciate it. Amber, we're going to start off with you. Um, the Aspire Construction story is a great story, and I, I loved uh, you sharing it with me. Share with our audience, what was the inspiration that led you to start Aspire Construction? Sure. Thanks so much for having me on the show today, Bill. Um, you know, the like you said, the Aspire story was definitely birthed out of some real life experiences. There is a section of the market of entrepreneurs that are just not being served right now. Entrepreneurs that are doing their first brick and mortar or they're moving into their first commercial location. And that's a pretty big step for a business, right? And there's a lot of moving parts that happen with that, with design and construction. And that's where Spire steps in. We provide design and build services under one roof. So architecture, engineering, and construction. So that really streamlines the process for the entrepreneurs that Aspire works with. And so one other thing I've noticed about you, Amber, is you bring a lot of, you not bring a lot of passion and commitment uh, to your work. So, so where does that come from? You know, um, there is nothing like being an entrepreneur. It is operating in a space where you're only limited to how far and how high you want to go. So having an opportunity to work with other fellow entrepreneurs and assist them on their journey, particularly taking that big step in moving or uh, leasing or acquiring commercial real estate, uh, designing it, uh, building it out, and then welcoming customers or clients uh, into their space is such a huge step. And for me, I get to be there every step of the way. I get to talk to people about their vision and figure out how to execute that vision in the real world. So, you know, that's where my passion comes from. And that's where I get a lot of my energy um, to really come out here and serve Uh, the community that I serve. Well, and it really comes through. We're talking this morning with Amber Lawson, Aspire Construction and Design. 
She is not only the face of the changing entrepreneurial landscape, but is also facilitating the growth of diverse businesses in the new economy by providing design and construction services to new entrepreneurs. She brings over 22 years of real estate development, design, and construction experience to bear for her clients who are overwhelmingly Black women taking the next step in their entrepreneurial journey by moving their business into commercial real estate. And Amber, I wanted to uh, compliment you. I love your company name, Aspire Construction. How did that name come about? You know, um, it came about in two ways. Um, One, my name is Amber, so I love A words, right? So that fits. And also Aspire speaks to how we operate as a company. And that is we are always aspiring to the next level. You know, every day we start a business day, we're looking to be just a little bit better than we were yesterday. So we are never satisfied with where we are today. We're always looking to take that next step and bring our clients along with us. And also to really just inspire that aspiration and nurture that aspiration in the entrepreneurs that we work with. And so what I'm wondering is, do you have a story uh, that you could share about a client that you worked with recently? Sure. Um, You know, uh, I have a client who purchased a commercial building in Jonesboro, Georgia. And up to that point, this client had been very much into residential, right? Uh, Flipping houses, that kind of thing. But moving into the commercial sector is just a totally different ballgame. It's new lingo. The dollar figures are just on a totally different level than when you're working in residential. And she sought out Aspire to really help her make that jump from investing in residential to now being a commercial real estate investor. So she purchased this building and um, there was a portion of the building that was empty. And so we provided services to architecture and engineering services to build it out into office mini suites. And we built 13 of those suites. And now the client has been up and running for the past two or three months. And now she is providing a foothold for entrepreneurs that, you know, need an office outside of the house that's affordable. And she's able to provide that um, with the business model that she's pioneering in Jonesboro. Um, As we all know, you know, the changing landscape of where we work and how we work has been totally upended by COVID-19. No question. So being able to provide entrepreneurs or not even entrepreneurs, just someone that even may just want a small office outside of the house um, is really uh, key to the commercial real estate landscape. And for most people, they want that to be within 15 minutes of where they live. So there is a huge uh, market for co-working or shared space uh, for for working. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Amber founded Aspire with one thought, providing end-to-end design and construction services through one entity. Clients focus on what they do best while Aspire designs and builds. You know, construction for many can be intimidating. It can be confusing, um, especially to someone who's never done a project before. How do you help your clients through the process? Sure. So, 
you know, the Aspire process with all of our clients starts with one key thing, and that is listening. Um, you will find that if you close your mouth and open your ears, you can really <laughs> um, gain a lot of information about the vision that someone wants to bring to life, about what's important to them and what really moves them. And when you can really listen and really solidify those things and deliver that to the client, that's what really takes away a lot of the confusion, the intimidation, because now we have a clear understanding. We're operating on the same page. I understand where you're trying to go. And then I can bring the resources to bear to get you where you're trying to be. You know, that's so true. And uh, you've really helped countless entrepreneurs realize clarity and focus in determining the best course of action in building, use, design, and construction. Uh, if someone in our listening audience is contemplating a project, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Would it be by phone or email or go to your website? Sure. The best way is to go to our website, which is Aspire constructionre.com. And there's a contact page where you kind of give us a little bit of information about the project that you're thinking about, put your contact information, and we'll definitely get back with you within 48 hours. Um, but I would say that, um, you know, don't be afraid. You know, everything new is can be scary, but, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. So true. Amber, thanks so much for coming on Profit Sense today. You have a, a great story and you fill a, uh, a need that is so important uh, to those that are wanting and starting construction projects. Thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And Ken Madrin, Ken Madrin with Permatherm. Uh, Ken, you and I have known each other for over a, a decade now. Uh, it's been a great relationship. Uh, you've got a great company. Um, you know, two years ago during one of my podcasts, we talked about the importance of knowing your numbers. And of course, to a numbers nerd like me, that's near and dear to my heart. But, you know, recently, as we've talked, it's it's been about people, too. So talk about the importance of getting the uh, right people in the right seats at Permatherm. Glad to thank you for having me on this morning, Bill. Um, and you're right. Uh, it's all about the numbers. And I recall that podcast and and it's still all about the numbers. Um, uh, you know, having come out of the recession and trying to build and grow numbers dictate everything. But something that we've learned of late, something that I'm still learning about is um, the numbers uh, are a result, but it's the people that um, that drive and facilitate the numbers. So a few years back, um, having come through those leaner times when when everybody came through that recession and was trying to find their way out of it, um, you know, it was a requirement to sort of build. And uh, myself and just a couple of other folks wore a lot of hats. And fortunately, we found our way um, and and kind of built business. And as we've grown, um, it's hard to do all of that without having other qualified people. So, yeah, the numbers kind of climbed and then the numbers sort of plateaued with growth. Well, 
what's the facilitator to better numbers, people, better people. And uh, that's been something that, you know, we've really focused on. It sounds so cliche, but what I'm learning about all of these cliches that have lasted any period of time is that they're there for a reason. And uh, they require deeper inspection, a little deeper than just the surface. Yeah, that's so true. We're talking this morning with Ken Madrin. Ken is CEO of Permatherm, uh, founded in 1988. Permatherm is primarily a manufacturer of insulated metal panels uh, utilized in tightly controlled environments. And the company manufactures other foam insulation products and materials for the packaging industry and the general insulation markets. And Ken, you know, growth has certainly been front and center at Permatherm, especially when we look at the the last five years or so. Talk about how that growth impacts people, but also systems and processes too. Yeah, well, it's it's a blessing. And I will never say that it's a a curse, but in some cases, be careful what you wish for. We 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 want to grow, right? We need to grow. And uh, as far as we're concerned here at Permatherm, you're either growing or maybe you're dying. Well, we've got the opportunity to grow. And with growth, if you have more revenue growth, you have more opportunities to build. You need to build correctly. Your systems need to build correctly. Um, Likewise, in production, machines run a little faster. Perhaps there's an investment in additional machinery. Um, You got to know that machinery. You got to make a quality product. So that 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 blessing of the opportunity to expand, um, it really has forced home my understanding that, yeah, you can't you want to be lean, but you can't be too lean because that growth dictates more of everything, Um, more from your people, more from your processes. I I would say the thing that we've focused on more than anything else behind the people themselves is the process. What you find is the old processes, when things were at a slower pace, at slightly lower volumes, uh, just don't get it done anymore. Um, you've got to modify that process. And and what we find is the tombstone for order entry written two and a half years ago or sales process written three years ago um, that got us to this point. It was part of the growth. People had to adopt it. Um, They they tend to sit idle uh, for two years or three years. And as a practical matter, our team members have moved past that tombstone. They've evolved a little bit, but there's a little bit of this. Well, we wrote that we were going to do it this way two years ago or three years ago, um, and we're not quite doing that. So we're not all doing the same thing, and that produces some inefficiency. So one of the things we've taken on here at Permatherm is a commitment to update those processes annually. They need a review, and as as much of a of a mundane sounding project as this is, go ahead, pull out the template, read it, ask yourself, are you doing these things still really across the board? And if you are great, um, celebrate it. If you're not, update it and have 
everyone adopt the new procedures. And um, so you're constantly looking at, okay, this got us here, but what will get us here? It requires new people. It requires new process processes. It requires um, constant evolution, really. Sounds so cliche, but it's required. Yeah, no question. And that growth certainly, you know, increases the complexity of the organization, which is part of what you're alluding to. So I know you and I share that we're lifelong learners. Uh, We share book titles, things, uh, books that have really uh, impressed us. Uh, I've shared a few with you. You've shared one with me recently. Um, But being a lifelong learner, talk about how that's impacted you in your role as CEO. And then further, why you've incorporated that quality into your hiring process. Sure. Um, Well, it's a. uh, It's. It's something that I'm finding I personally need to do. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about our people. I'm passionate about our company. I'm passionate about our opportunity, passionate about our customers. Well, I didn't come pre-programmed with all of the answers on, on really anything. Um, as we learn about new ERP systems that could help us grow, or we learn about new hiring practices that could help us grow, I'm doing a lot of reading. Um, I'm, I'm having to sharpen, you know, my own understandings and there's, there's a lot to learn out there. So it's, it's just been a fundamental tool for me. Fortunately, it's a, our management team thinks similarly, you know, with technology today, there's so many advances that come across that are available to us and we can choose to sort of not take advantage of them or we can advance with them. Well. Almost all of them require some form of learning. Um, as you know, you and I do exchange those books, um, and and they're mostly business oriented. And I'm fascinated by management techniques or um, just uh, growth strategies. And uh, the way we've tried to incorporate that into uh, our culture here at Permatherm. Um, a few years back, uh, we started an effort, um, and it was a it was a bit of a struggle. Uh, we we thought we were going into this great think tank that we had to come up with, you know, some fantastic cliche that um, that really crystallized who we are and what we are. Um, after struggling for a few days, we kind of threw the pencils in frustration in the center of the table and said, why don't we just describe what we do? And it it came out very quickly. Um, There were five things. Those things happened to be, um, uh, we're very community oriented and our community includes um, our people, uh, our customers, our vendors, all all the lives we touch as an operating entity at Permatherm. That's our community. Um, Do the right thing. Uh, If we, if we, mess up something. It's our responsibility to fix it. We need to own that. Uh, work hard. And lifelong learning um, was the next. And then, of course, have fun. Well, from all of that, uh, once we said it, we all pretty much thought, hey, this is it. What's the key here? And I don't know that there's one key 
any more important than the other. But I do know the one that we've incorporated into our hiring strategy and the one that you see sort of alive, both uh, at our headquarters office and at the facility is lifelong learning. So how, how do we how do we gauge for that? How do we talk about that? Well, in the in the interviewing process, we ask, um, would you describe yourself uh, as a lifelong learner? And it's it's it gets interesting responses. Some people very quickly, you know, I'm a reader. Other people podcast. Uh, other people books on tape. I I, I like that. And we look for that inquisitive mind. Doesn't have to be a business book. It can be anything. But if we get that sort of response from folks, we see that that brings new ideas into the company. And we see that exchange of ideas really at the plant level. Uh, Our sales director brings me books. I bring him books. And I I just think that that propensity to learn is so fundamental, particularly when you're trying to grow yeah, there's no question about it. Before joining Permatherm, Ken spent 13 years with mergers and acquisitions firm Forge Partners, where he served as managing partner. He's also past president of Sandy Springs U Sports. Ken, I want to shift the uh, topic to culture, specifically corporate culture. Now, there's a famous saying that a guy named Peter Drucker said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And that's a favorite quote of, of mine that he said, but talk about your company culture, how you built it and how your people have owned it when they inform, when they formed the culture club at Permatherm. Glad to. So um, uh, love the quote. Um, fantastic quote. Uh, of course, who would question anything really that came out of Drucker's mouth, but that in particular, Um, you know, our culture was not unlike our sort of belief in ourselves prior to that core values deep dive. We, we didn't really have anything defined or prescribed. Uh, I would say, you know, to some extent, the way I was raised and wanted to be treated was mirrored in our management strategy, uh, benefits plan, um, 401k plans, um, fair wages, all, all of that stuff, wanting people to take vacation, those kind of things were things that we just did. Um, and, but what we learned a little later was, um, the more people we could get incorporated into our culture, the more our culture would perpetuate itself and have a presence in customer conversations or vendor conversations. So um, what we've done, uh, we've had a little transition where monthly I would um, organize a get together and sort of give a state of the union, open open a forum for exchange of ideas among employees and partners, and uh, it was all led by me. And, and I think it was good. Um, but when it became great was when the idea of this culture club that you referred to um, came about. Um, we uh, It's actually my wife, Leah, who 
heads our special projects in HR suggested that maybe instead of me doing sort of our monthly breakdown, let's hear from the departments and our people. And uh, uh, I thought, well, that's a fantastic idea. You know, <laughs> what, what have I been thinking? And man, has it proven to be such a fantastic idea. What we get from that is a is a bottom up um, daily living sort of description of how our culture is affecting our relationship with truckers who deliver our product, uh, and what we can do to make the truckers' experience with Permatherm better. Uh, and that has been beneficial here in these last few months because trucks are harder to come by. Well, if we were going the other way, me down, I would never know that. I have very little interaction there. But now that our team members in our culture club, and I believe there's 10 of them from the different departments, they sort of know what our core values are. They kind of they kind of know how we roll and they take that out to their roles and give feedback that has um, given them ownership, uh, improved relationships. So so. The culture doesn't just come from one place anymore. It it really comes from the company and it's self-perpetuating. And I, I got to tell you, uh, I'm not proud to admit this, but I would be dishonest if I didn't. Culture, uh, I wasn't so sure about Drucker's idea because I didn't know how to do it. Um, but man, it was right. And now that our people have shown us how to do it, uh, I think culture may eat strategy for breakfast. Yeah, that's yeah. such a great story. And I appreciate you sharing that. Happy to. So if someone has a construction project that involves a controlled temperature environment, what's the best way for that person to get in touch with Permatherm? You could, you could do it any number of ways. Um, the best two, uh, pick up the phone, 706 468-7500. We've got a fantastic lady at the front, Lori Brennan, who will direct you uh, no matter what size your project is. We're happy to help. If it doesn't fit for us, um, we've got a lot of partners that we can refer things out. It's about you and getting your job right. You could also log into our website. Um, similar to Aspire, we have a um, a form where you can type in a general description and we try to get back to you within 48 hours. Uh, that's www.permatherm.net. Ken, it's been great having you on uh, the podcast today. Thanks so much for sharing your insights, uh, sharing your thoughts on culture and the importance of culture and core values. Thank you so much. Happy to do it, Bill. Thanks for having me. And now uh, we switch to Sanford Birdsey. Sanford is CEO of Birdsey Group. Sanford, uh, you celebrated 17 years in business this year, quite an accomplishment. But I, I want to take you back to the beginning. Uh, similar question that I asked Amber, what was the inspiration that led you to start Birdsey Group? Sure. Uh, hey, Bill, thanks for having me. Um, Wow. So prior to starting our own company, I worked for almost a decade at um, you know, a company that was a subsidiary of one of the largest companies in the world. And it was a great experience. And I got to sort of climb the corporate ladder. I got to spend a lot of time in New York. I got to learn you know, the ins and outs of the industry. But as I 
progressed, started finding myself being a little more entrepreneurial. And, you know, entrepreneurship in that setting is not always valued. Um, you know, they have very you know, strict policies of the businesses we're in. They don't want us to go outside the lines. And I started, you know, kind of bumping up against those guardrails more often uh, the longer I was there. And I've always had an attraction to working autonomously, building my own team, uh, supporting that team the way I wanted to. And at some point, we just had this revelation that it was time to go out and start our own business. So we were very fortunate. We were quickly able to build a, a, a client base. Uh, I got a bunch of great leaders to come join me, and we were off and running pretty quickly. That's a great story. Um, you've received a lot of awards, uh, Inc. 5000. You know, I think Inc. Magazine right now uh, recognizes Birdsey Group as the sixth fastest growing real estate company. So what have been some of the keys to your success? You know, at a high level, it's having great clients and fantastic employees. We, um, but, you know, we, we started our company in 2004. And we were just in the commercial real estate underwriting sector, kind of a small niche market. And things were going great. We were working with investment banks and insurance companies and just having a ball. And then all of a sudden, the Great Recession happened. In 2007, the spigot of work was just turned off. And we were forced to diversify. We were you know, trying to figure out what are we going to do now? Um, you know, As an aside, Lehman Brothers was one of our largest clients. And within six months, they were gone. You know, things that we just couldn't predict. And so in that setting, you know, a lot of us got together and figured, you know, what are we going to do now? And we got creative. We followed the industry to special servicing and asset management, all the things that were going on in 2007, 2008. And we were developing out of necessity a bunch of different divisions. And as the market started to open back up, you know, lo and behold, we've got all these different divisions that we incorporated them and all the wheels are spinning. And we got a lot bigger. Um, you know, so through adversity, we found opportunity. I would suggest having a recession or a pandemic part of your business plan, but it worked out for us that we, um, you know, we, we kept our eyes open. We kept our head on a swivel. We kept working. We kept up our, our, our level of enthusiasm and it, uh, it worked out for us. So, um, you know, and we learned a lot of lessons, you know, things like, you know, always keep moving, you know, you're going to run into some hurdles some traps so you don't see coming step on the occasional landmine but if you just keep your head up you keep the enthusiasm and if you've got a good team around you things typically work out and oftentimes if you're in the right spot at the right time you can see some really phenomenal growth well and you've certainly been at the right in the right place at the right time we're talking with Sanford Birdsey this morning CEO and president of the Birdsey Group Birdsey Group is a national real estate, financial, and field services firm. Uh, Sanford also leads Birdsey Group's affiliated companies, Birdsey Property Solutions, and Birdsey Construction Management. You know, I want to change the topic to core values. You know, you've really built your company on the core values of experience, urgency, enthusiasm, and efficiency. So how do you demonstrate those, those core values in the work that you do? So, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about those things, and we really boiled it down to two words that we talk about a lot here in our office, and it's quality and urgency. And we've learned that over time, with all the time that we spend with our clients, that those are the two things, the two main boxes, that if we check those, 
we can really build solid relationships. And if we build a culture here at our firm where people are always constantly thinking about doing quality work and doing going about your business urgently, you'll find that the opportunities grow to grow are, are endless. And so, you know, with say underwriting, for instance, which is a, a, a project-based business where you've got to bring, you know, the experience to do the job. You've got to go about it with, with a lot of enthusiasm so that everything you're doing, whether it's a big part of the job or, or a small part, you're doing it all urgently so that, you know, you're, you're making deadlines. Um, it really is the core piece to our success at our firm. It also is in our construction site where we have very hard deadlines. You know, a lot of our competitors consider deadlines just goals. And it's hard to build a business with our types of clients if you have that mindset. So having a sense of urgency, making a deadline with quality work, because if it's not quality, you really haven't really met the deadline. Um, those things are, are, are critical here. So we spend a lot of time focusing on those things. Um, we spend a lot of time trying to hire to that culture, like you guys were just talking about, you know, having people have a sense of enthusiasm about them that are upbeat, that go about their business urgently and are passionate about doing quality work. And if we are careful in who we hire and when we hire them, train them up to where our core is and our, our values are, uh, things are working out. Well, and I think you demonstrate that uh, just based on the growth that you've had specifically in the construction industry. And so I do want to kind of shift our conversation. So we can agree the construction industry is wide open right now. If that spigot was turned off in 08, 09, it's turned on. And by golly, it might even be going full blast. So how have you positioned your construction division uh, to capitalize on those opportunities? Well, we're a little different than Amber's group. We focus primarily on the single family rental portfolio business, as well as the fix and flip guys. And uh, we also do multifamily and hospitality. So we, 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 we focus on those sectors exclusively. And our clients are uh, in those sectors are rapidly growing. You know, the single family rental portfolio market is just on fire. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, what is it that we need to do to address the concerns of the investors in those sectors? And uh, our solution is, is that we're spending a lot of effort, a lot of time hiring the best project managers in the industry. We're in 10 major southeastern markets now. And the only way we can do that with the amount of volume we're doing is having you know, frontline project managers, their seniors, the regionals. And our directors just all bought in and they're super high quality uh, ladies and gentlemen who are um, passionate about, you know, not just doing good work, but but growing and leaning into leadership. And these things are, are helping us to, to not just grow, but develop our relationships with our clients where they can depend on us because everybody's really busy in these sectors. And it's a very exciting time. So. You know, again, if you do quality work, you do it urgently, you bring in the right people. And uh, in that sector specifically, we're, we're, you know, our frontline project managers are our greatest asset. And that's where our focus has been. We're talking this morning with Sanford Birdsey, Birdsey Group. Birdsey is a national real estate consulting firm providing commercial and residential asset management and debt advisory services, contract underwriting field real estate research, inspection, and valuation, due diligence, as well as construction management. 
And so I want to kind of close Sanford. You know, there are about 4 million small businesses uh, in the U.S. that start every year. So you've been doing this 17 years now. What advice would you give anyone starting a business right now based on your experience? Well, first, you got to have a plan, right? You know, you got to focus on building a client base. That's first. And then second, and one of the hardest things to do, and I've mentioned this earlier, is is hiring the right people. I can't tell you how comforting it is, how inspiring it is when you're able to bring in the right people who are bought in, who are just lockstep with you. And that is something that um, has transformed our business. And it's something that I spend probably 67% of my time doing right now is not just finding those people, but supporting them and focusing not on, you know, necessarily my growth, but their growth. And, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats and having a focus on your employees and making them successful will, uh, will make you successful in the long run. Um, to a more granular degree, you know, things that you and I talk about a lot, Bill, like holding on to your cash. And, uh, and another thing that's very hard to do, which is find a solid banking relationship. You know, someone that's going to, to, to pull for you and not pull on you. Um, that's something that is very important when you're starting your new company. Yeah, having uh, having that banking relationship is uh, is critical. And then I always talk about having the uh, three three people that should be part of your board of advisors: your banker, your CPA, and and your attorney. But but you're absolutely right. right. If someone wants to get in touch with Birdsey Group, Sanford, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, you know, we have several companies. Birdseygroup.com is our holding company website and all the information for all that we do is there and uh, contact information. Our main number is 404-961-3500. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, um, I have enjoyed having you on Profit Sense. Uh, I appreciate the relationship that we've built over the years and uh, just have, have admired the company that you built uh, and, uh, Uh, certainly a a very favorable market right now. So uh, thank you again for coming on the show today. Thanks, Bill. It's been an honor to be included. So I just want to say a special shout out to each of my three guests, uh, Amber Lawson with Aspire Construction, Ken Madrin, CEO Permatherm and Sanford Birdsey. And before we close, I just want to share some thoughts Uh, Sanford mentioned how critical it is to have a banking relationship and having that banking relationship, of course, starts with a person. Uh, But there are two things, and this is coming from a person who has over 30 years of prior banking experience, uh, making sure that your company is bankable. Uh, Bankable means that you had a profitable year last year uh, and that your balance sheet doesn't have too much leverage. Uh, three to one or less is usually a good rule of thumb, and that's the total amount of debt divided by the total amount of net worth that you have in your business. Uh, and then the second thing, equally important, is having timely financial statements that are accurate. Uh, it breaks my heart to see balance sheets that don't balance. Uh, sometimes there are negative assets or negative liabilities, which are bookkeeping errors that will Uh, cause a banker to lose confidence in those financial statements. So as you consider 
uh, a lot of business owners are wanting to borrow money. Uh, consider whether or not you are bankable as well as bank ready. If you want to keep up with the latest in pro-business news, follow us on social media for the latest stories. If you want to listen to future ProfitSense podcasts, you can find us on ProfitSenseRadio.com. This is ProfitSense with Bill McDermott signing off. Make it a great day.